This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We've been talking about gospel fluency, this idea of how speaking the truth and love within the, the church builds up the church and it begins, we need to have this gospel fluency for ourselves. This is what we talked about yesterday. Just all this conversation about how do we communicate the gospel message to ourselves every day and live out of that those gospel truths. And this is why it's so important to saturate your heart and mind with the person and work of Jesus Christ, which is just another way of saying that this, we need to saturate our hearts and minds with the with with the Bible, because the Bible is the story of the person and work of Jesus Christ, cover mm-hmm. to cover. It's about Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know of any better way of applying the gospel than knowing the truths of, of God's word and hiding them in, in your heart. But the context of Ephesians 4 is really the context of the church and the teaching ministry of the church. So if you remember, it starts by, and he himself, God gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministries to build up the body of Christ until we all reach mature, uh, unity in the faith and the knowledge of God's Son growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness then we'll no longer be little children tossed by waves and blown around by every wind and teaching by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit. But we're not those blown around, but we are those that are speaking the truth in love. Let us grow in every way into him who is head, Christ. So, how have you shaped gospel fluency for your church? So, as leaders, as pastors, what does this look like? How does that become the culture of a church, and how have you helped with that? I think for, there's a couple things I've tried to do at, at Valley Life. One is to establish a, a right understanding of sin, that it, it's not a behavior problem that we need to fix, but it's rather a belief problem, that, that there's some area where we have either believed a lie or we lack faith in the goodness of the gospel of Jesus Christ that has led us into this behavior. And so get, trying to get to the root of, of what be, belief that is. So we address sin at a belief level, a heart level, before we worry about behavior. And then the second thing, and this is... Can I just, yeah. before you move to that second one, I think it's so important to just hear what Vinny just said about sin, and the gospel addresses sin. Mm-hmm. And that is speaking the truth in love to talk about sin, yep. to address sin, to address sinful thoughts and behaviors and actions that flow from wrong belief system starting points. And so I think one of the, the, the keys for gospel fluency is not sugarcoating. Yeah. Um, and, and so often you don't hear sin addressed in churches. And, and 
I think people think that that's being kind by not addressing sin. And I would say it's not being loving to ignore it. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. Point number two. Point number two. Uh, I tell, I warned the elders when I interviewed with them that I've only got one sermon um, and I was going to preach it every week, but it's, it's to get to Christ in the context of every sermon that I preach. And so I will finish whatever text I'm in with this phrase that there are two things you must believe and one thing you must do. And you must believe upon the testimony of the scripture that, that sin is a problem, that it's separated you from God. That's the first thing you must believe and reconcile yourself to. The second thing, that Christ has come as the solution for sin, as the savior from sin, and believe in his life, death, and resurrection. And then the thing you must do is you must submit yourself to him, to life, uh, as, as the Lord of your life. So it's faith, repentance, and submission to Christ as Lord. That, that That's something I repeat every single Sunday, and it helps us hopefully create a culture that's in the people, um, that they understand what what that means to be gospel centered or gospel fluent mm -hmm. yeah i mean along those same lines i just try to um point people to christ i mean there's that whole adage of you know the sign on the pulpit like sir we would have christ or something like that i know butchering we would, that we little, would see jesus we would see jesus <laughs> yeah thank you jonathan i knew you could correct me here but uh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no. No, that's but that's that that is i mean the sum and substance of of why we are put in the positions that we are in is not to glorify ourselves, not to give people a 12-step program of how to be a better Christian. It's to point people to Jesus. He is the author. He is the perfecter of our faith. And he is the one in whom we have salvation in every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. It's all rooted in Christ. And so we just try to, I mean, to saturate our worship services with that and pointing people to him continually. Because we need, I mean, we... As human beings, I mean, people want, you know, the, there's that whole movie, you know, uh, Monty Python um, in the search for the Holy Grail or the Holy Grail. And uh, there's that scene, you know, if you've seen that movie with the holy hand grenade, and which they kind of talk about, give some instructions how to use it, and it's like super repetitive. And that's kind of a joke, like, well, the Bible is repetitive. Well, why is it repetitive? because we need it repeated over and over and over again. And God knows us and he gives us that message. And he, that is what we are to do as well as, as leaders in his church is to point people to that message and to have their hope in Christ alone. I think if you think about gospel ministry, the, the work that we do as far as pulpit ministry, we're preaching a whole variety of texts. So Vinny's a little bit, facetiously saying he has one message he has a theme that permeates all of his messages but it's from so many different texts of scripture it's the idea that jesus christ is this is this beautiful diamond and each text of scripture gives us a different view of that of that diamond mm -hmm. they're all telling us about the person and work of christ um, but they might talk about it in, in different ways so when we say that, you know, quoting Paul, that, I, you know, I resolve to only know Christ and him crucified, that, that doesn't mean that every week we, we talk about the crucifixion. It doesn't mean that every week we talk about the cross. But, but the cross involves a lot more than just what happened on Calvary. I mean, it, it involves this whole gospel theme. Mm -hmm. And that should permeate our messages week after week and that they hear the truths of the person and work of Christ. They're going to take on a different nuance because Scripture nuances them differently, but they're going to be part of the message that hopefully our people hear 
not only in the in the preach sermon, but they should hear it in the songs. They should mm-hmm. hear it in our liturgy. Mm-hmm. That there's times of confession. There's times of assurance of pardon in our celebration of the sacraments. This is. I don't mean to be antagonistic, but this is this is part of the reason why I disagree with my Baptist brothers. <clears throat> Baptism isn't a isn't about you. Not about it's your, about it's not chiefly about your testimony. No. It's about the work of God who washed and regenerates. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a about a covenant making God. Mm-hmm. Ryan said so well yesterday. It's not about what we do. It's it's start to finish about the work of God. The reason why we believe in covenantal baptism is because we believe it does matter what God is doing and that it is dependent wholly upon what God has done. It's not what I've done. It's not my faith, and it's not about what I'm professing about what I've done. It's saying, God, unless you act, Mm -hmm. nothing will ever happen. I'm dependent upon your promise to be a God to me and to my children. Mm -hmm. And if you're not a God to me and my children, I have no hope. And so even in the sacraments, we would say that we're trying to create gospel fluency in our people. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole essence of the gospel is that something has been done for us, mm-hmm. something that we couldn't do for ourselves. Uh, that's the essence of the gospel. It's, it is good news. That's, you know, and I think that sometimes we can, we can sit through a sermon perhaps and ask ourselves, is this good news? Or did I just walk out with a greater burden? Yeah. It did my burden get lifted? It, I mean, it's one thing to burden somebody with the knowledge of their sin, but did that burden get lifted? It's one thing to burden them with the fact that they aren't being obedient to Christ, but are we pointing to the one who is <coughs> obedient for them on their behalf? It's, it's okay to burden, but there has to be a lifting of the burden. Otherwise, there was never, no good news. Mm-hmm. I had some uh, lady say to me once, this is way long time ago, before I entered into ministry, say, well, I, I don't want to come to your Sunday school class anymore because I feel guilty when I come to your Sunday school class. And it made me step away and think, okay, is, am I only providing guilt? But her position was you never even should ever feel guilt. Yeah. And I'm like, well, no, I disagree with that position. But I do want to take to heart what you've said and reevaluate how I'm teaching adult Sunday school to make sure that I'm not just simply producing guilt. Mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to it because we should feel guilt for sin. I mean, that, that, is, that actually is yeah. the correct yeah. response. Mm-hmm. And then once we feel that, to repent and go to Christ. That's, that's the whole point with our sin. But like Jonathan says, it's pretty easy actually in gospel ministry to, to fall into a ministry that doesn't have a lot of gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That we actually are, are preaching a works righteousness subtly, but it's still there. I'm, I'm going to warn you in advance that – uh, you know, another year we're in a political season, mm. and you will hear uh, messages about politics, but no gospel. It will not be good news. It will not leave you feeling uh, lifted. You're, you, you won't be brought before the throne of God in worship. You won't understand that he is the one that controls the nations. You will be brought somewhere else to responsibility that you have as a civic citizen. 
but you will not be brought to the foot of the cross. I, there are some things that preach that shouldn't be preached. Yeah. So it preaches to to absolutely assail the 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 horrors of where society is today and bemoan the fact that society is is not what it used to be and go on and on about all of the evils that are around us. But that's not gospel. Mm-hmm. But it preaches. You mm-hmm. might get the amen from the people in your pew. Mm-hmm. But that's not actually what they need. They don't need to know of of that there's evil all around them. They need to know yeah, that there's empirical evidence for that. Yes, yeah. yes. you can't you can't step out without knowing that. There will and be. if those things are mentioned, it should be in the context of pointing people to find their comfort in Christ. Yes, not to try to like change the political system. Which yeah. there will be no ordinance, there will be no law, there will be no elected official that will save you. Mm-hmm. Nope. Salvation is found in Christ and Him alone, and that's yep. what we need. So why is it so important to keep the gospel at the center of our lives and our ministries? Romans 1, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. There are people who come through our doors every week seeking something, and we have only but Christ to offer them. In the Gospel of John, when um, uh, Jesus, uh, he's got this big following, and then he starts teaching about like eating his flesh and as far as like being united to him, and it's all these people leave. And he says to his disciples, are you going to leave me too? And Peter's response is, Lord, where will we go? You have the words of life. And it's just that mentality of go to Christ. He alone has the word of life. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time.